Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Today I want to talk about finding safety in Thanksgiving. And a lot of times when pastors preach on Thanksgiving, it's on Thanksgiving. And so, yeah, the week before, the week of And so I wanted to actually preach on it a month in advance so that we could walk in it and we can have a month of faith for it. So I'm not saying that you guys don't have it now, but maybe what I have to say will stir faith within you. Thank you, Father. Lord, I just thank you for today. I thank you for the message that you have given me. And I thank you uh, that, that hearts and minds will become closer to you from these words. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know how many of you have an iPhone, but I do. And one of the features that they have on the iPhone is a thing called screen time. Does anybody know what screen time is? And so basically, that's not my phone, uh, but basically what you can do is, I'll just read it straight from the the. Apple website. With screen time, you can access real-time reports about how much time you spend on your iPhone, iPad, iTouch. Obviously, no one knows about this feature. Uh, And set limits for what you want to manage. So this way, you can make more informed decisions about how you use your device and set limits if you would like. I like how Apple says, if you would like to set limits, you could do that. So if there's an app that you're using that you feel like you want to not use as much, you can go to this this section of your phone and say, wow, I spent a lot of time on that. And then you can make decisions. You can set restrictions. Uh, One thing great about this feature, and I'm not here to uh, talk about Apple, but I'll get into it. Don't worry. One, One thing great about this feature is it's based on reality, not perception. All right. So you might think, I hardly played Candy Crush at all this week. Oh, really? 12 hours? Okay. Didn't realize that. You know, or, you know, I hardly ever use Facebook. Nope, actually, you're on it every day for about three, four hours. You know, actually, only 2% of your phone is used by the phone. So, So can you see why this would be helpful? And so... But I was thinking about this, and I was thinking, let's imagine now if we could take this statistical information for our thought life. Let's say we could look at a readout for our thoughts and be able to make informed decisions from that, right? You know, I hardly ever worry. Oh, I worried six hours today. Didn't realize I did that. All right. (laughs) You know, that can't be right. Really? I complain that much? Can you see why? Now, I'm not saying that we put a chip in our brain or anything like that, but (laughs) 
So 4% of my thoughts are happy about myself and 92% are disgusted with myself. And the other 4% is you're not sure about yourself. So it would be great to have this information because we can make informed decisions. Since we don't have it, what is our option? Well, I believe that we were created vessels that there's only so much that we can hold. There's only so many things that we can think on. Let me explain. So the more I am thankful, the less capacity I have for worry. I want you guys to get this because, because we can't have this statistical readout. We have to realize that there's only so many thoughts that we can think. There are only so many things that we can hold within our earthen vessels. So if we want more, if we want to deal with worry, what we have to do is we have to increase thankfulness. And when we increase thankfulness, what does it do? It drives out worry. Do you see this? So if you had a container of something, the more of something that you put in it, it leaves less space for other things. Are you guys following me? So the more I am filled with the word of God, the less space I have for the lies of the enemy. And many of the issues and struggles we face come down to simply space. I'm going to say this again. Many of the struggles, many of the things that we face come down to simply in our thought life to issues of space. How much space do we leave for worry? How much space do we leave for fear? How much space do we leave for frustration? Because there's only so much space that we have. Ephesians 4.27, do not give the devil a foothold. What is this saying? Do not leave any space for the enemy. Are you guys seeing this? So instead of thinking, how can I restrict or deal with my negative thought patterns? Like a lot of times we just want to deal with the negative part. But instead of doing that, we need to evaluate how much time do I spend on things that I want to dwell on? Are you guys getting this? Instead of going, I really need to cut down my worry. We should be saying, how can I add thankfulness to my thought life? Because when we add thankfulness and we add faith and we add the word of God, what does it do? It drives out fear because there's only so much space that you, you have to think, right? So let me ask you this. So instead of saying, how much do you worry? What percentage of your thought life is praise? What percentage of your thought life is thanksgiving? What percentage is hope or truth or expectation? When you think on these things, it drives out and it pushes out the enemy. When you are filled with thanksgiving and thankfulness, what does it do? It leaves no space for worry. It leaves no space for fear. Does this make sense? Philippians 4.8. So keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, 
merciful and kind. And fasten your thoughts. Are you guys seeing this? Fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always. Why? Because it drives out. Think of your mind as a container. The more faith it has, the less space is given to fear. Well, thank you. That before you do that, you always got to turn down the volume before you hit stuff like that. I tell you what. At least it was the Bible, right? <laughs> so there's only so much we can hold. So when we worry, we drive out faith. Don't you love it when I preach? When we fear, we drive out peace. What did Ephesians say? Leave no space or leave no, let no, no, I'm messing it up. Yeah. And do not give the devil a foothold. Do not leave him any space. And then what does Philippians 4 say? So keep your thoughts continually fixed on allowing no space for the enemy. So today I want to talk about, that was just the, the introduction. Today I want to talk about the benefits of being thankful and so that it would stir within you a desire to give more space for it. Remember how I talked about there's only so much space that we can hold in our thought life? So today I want to present to you the benefits of thankfulness so that it would stir a desire within you for more of it. So where do we begin? What is the foundation of a thankful heart? First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Can we all read this together? Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Okay, we're done. We can go home now. So knowing that it's the will of God for you to be thankful in everything is the foundation of a thankful heart. It's where it starts. It's the foundation. And every good building, if it's a, if it's a good building, it needs a good foundation, right? If it doesn't have a good foundation, it will either lean or collapse. So, but a lot of times we think that the will of God has to do with what we're called to do, right? Well, I'm called to be a pastor. I'm called to be a physician. I'm called to be a teacher. I'm called, or the will of God for me is to be a business owner or a professional athlete. And those are all things that we're called to accomplish. But the truth is God's will for you is so much broader than what you're called to do. And I would say it's the least impactful part of the equation. And most of my pastoring over the years has been people who've been concerned about if they are outside of the will of God. A lot of the things that I've talked to people about, am I in the will of God? And what does it always have to do with? Is this the place? Is now, is now the time? Is this position? Is this the opportunity? All things that are dealing with what I'm called to do. 
But we cannot forget that we are not only called to do, but we are called to become. See, you can be in the right place at the right time and fail to be thankful and miss your opportunity. I'm going to say that again. You can be in the right place at the right time and fail to be thankful and miss your opportunity. It's important to understand that there is a will of God for you to do as well as a will of God for you to become. And most scripture focuses on God's will for you to become, not his will for you to do. And so what happens is when we put this great emphasis on God's will for us to do, we eventually put the cart before the horse. And what does that mean? It means it doesn't work. Have you ever, I mean, we're in Amish country, guys, so we've seen a few horse and buggies. Have you ever seen a buggy before a horse? It wouldn't work, right? And someone will be like, well, there's actually this. Now, listen to me. It doesn't work. All right? And so can you see why there's frustration with the call of God on your life? Can you see why there's confusion and anger and disappointment? Because we're putting God's will for us to do before his will for us to become. Are you guys seeing this? So like the horse, it empowers what we're called to do. So God's will for us to become is like the horse, which empowers God's will for us to do. Being thankful is not just a good idea. It's not just a self-help tip. It's not just a strategy for mental health. It's coming into agreement with the good and perfect will of God for your life. In 1 Thessalonians 5, notice how God's will is focused around how our heart is in relationship with him at all times in all circumstances. But here's the thing. What does it say? Can we go back there, Aiden? Rejoice always. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks. What are all those acts of? Our will. Do you see this? Our will, our will, our will, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So rejoicing always, praying without ceasing, in everything gives thanks, is an act of our will which aligns with His will. Are you guys seeing this? So it starts with a choice and ends in Christ-like character. His will for us to become or made into his image or his likeness. Now that we know that, now that we know that it's God's will for us to be thankful, how do we lay the foundation for a thankful heart? Say this with me. Always Always. without ceasing. In all things. You may be thinking, yeah, right. Impossible. Not going to happen. Not attainable. How many of you can always, in all things, without ceasing, give thanks? All the time. Seems impossible, right? But let me say this. It's his will. So if we were called to it, then we were created for it. So it's part of our spiritual DNA, meaning we have the capacity for it. In 1 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, 
If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. So what does every good foundation need? Anybody know? You know, coming from my expertise in uh, construction, uh, what does every good foundation need? It needs level ground, right? It needs good level ground. So this scripture verse here is the level ground for our foundation. The truth is, or it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. So when it says always, without ceasing in all things, guess what? Because we are a new creation, this is the level ground that Christ has made for us because his sacrifice that makes it possible to lay the good foundation of a thankful heart. Does this make sense? All right. So it's a part of our new creation design. So if it's still impossible, if you're thinking, you know what, this still seems impossible to always, in, without ceasing, in all things, to be thankful. It still may seem impossible, but going back to the first thing that I brought up, what is, your, what is robbing your capacity for it? Remember, there's only so many things that you can hold. And don't you love it how the scripture says, what should your mind be filled with? Always, without ceasing, in all things. How much space does that leave? Continually fix your eyes on these things. How much space does that leave? So if it seems impossible, the question that we have to ask ourselves is, what is, robbing me, what is robbing my capacity for it? This is why we're commanded to rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in all things give thanks because it pushes out contrary thinking to the word of God. Always without ceasing in all things can become a reality, not just an unreachable standard. But how does it start? Well, it starts with a choice, and it's through consistency that it becomes a part of our nature. And when, it's, when it becomes a part of our nature, it becomes natural. I'm going to say that again. When it becomes a part of our nature, it becomes natural. So let's say from this day forward, you say, I will always, without ceasing, in all things. Guess what happens when you start doing it and you do it consistently? Consistently, When a negative thing comes up, what's going to naturally come up within you? Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In all things, give thanks. So the key to a thankful heart is the more you do it, the more it becomes a part of your nature. But here's the beautiful thing. You don't have to try when it's a part of your nature. You know, a newly married couple, she's like, dear Jesus, what is he doing right now? <laughs> There's going to be things that you find out about one another that you didn't know was part of their nature. But it's going to be natural because they've always done it and you've never seen it. And I'm not saying that's a negative thing. I'm just saying 
There are things that are a part of our nature that are just natural for us. If I know I want detailed information, I can ask Loretta a question. I know I'm going to get about every detail I need for that situation and more to the point where I say, Loretta, I think I have a... Uh, she knows me enough that when my eyes start rolling in the back of my head, I've had enough information, right? And let me guess, you don't have to try to give me details because that's what you like to do. That's who you are. She likes details. So you don't have to work it up, do you? Are you guys following where I'm going? So if you're used to seeing the world negatively, you don't have to try when an opportunity comes. Right? If you're used to seeing the world negatively, when an opportunity comes up for you to judge, is this positive or negative? It's natural for you to be, to be negative, right? No one's ever been like that. I'm talking about to other people. But the, the reverse is true as well. When you lay a foundation for a thankful heart, you don't have to try to be thankful because your default setting will be thanksgiving. It might seem like a big, heavy burden for always, without ceasing, and in all things in the beginning. It might seem really heavy to do that. But guess what? When you always... Without ceasing in all things, guess what? You're just going to naturally do it when it comes up. And I'm not talking about sarcastic thanksgiving. Like when something happens that's really bad, well, thank you, Jesus. No, I'm talking about finding what God wants to do in the midst of that situation and thanking him for it. I think I need some more amens because I'm preaching better than what you guys are saying. Colossians 2, 6 through 7. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, do your own thing. Now, what does it say? You must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will be then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankful. Yes. Many times we're waiting on this spectacular revelation to make a change in our life. If God would just speak to me, then I can make some changes in my life. But the truth is, if you continue to follow him, he's going to reveal it. And so a lot of times we want to wait for this spectacular thing, this spectacular revelation to implement change in our lives rather than rooting ourselves in the truth that we already know what does it say let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him so if you look at revelation as a seed if you say god spoke this to me and it's a seed what does it what benefit is it if you put it in your pocket what do you need to do with the seed you need to press it into the dirt. You need to water it. You need to cultivate it. And so when I'm talking about having a thankful heart, 
this, this seed of revelation, what are you going to have to do? You're going to have to plan it, and you're going to have to cultivate it for you to receive the fruit of it. Because if you walk out of this building and you're like, that was a great message, and you do nothing with it, you will not receive the fruit of it. And that's not just talking about my sermon. That's any sermon that you hear. But the cool thing about it is we have the master cultivator on our side. Remember, this is his will for those who are in Christ Jesus. Are you in Christ Jesus? Then it's his will, meaning he is in your corner. He is on your side. Philippians 2, 13. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Who's working in you? Holy Spirit working in you to accomplish what he desires. So knowing that it is God's will for you to be thankful in everything and aligning with it is the foundation of a thankful heart. So what is our level ground? Our level ground is new creations in Christ, means it's possible to do this. It's actually part of your spiritual DNA. The second thing is it's the foundation is this is God's will for you. Then the next structural element of a thankful heart is its walls. Psalms 100, 1 through 5. How about you guys read it with me? Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God, and it is he who's made us and not we ourselves. We are the people and sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generation. You know what? I just really don't have anything to be thankful about. So where do we start? The word of God is the place to start. The word of, knowing the word of God is to know the will of God for you. His word elevates your perspective. So the resources necessary to build a foundation for a thankful heart is found in the word of God. What does it say? Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Think of it in this way. Thanksgiving is your permit to enter in. It's your identification. So Thanksgiving is required to enter in. And some of you may be thinking, uh, I don't know about that because God welcomes us all. But it says, enter his gates with Thanksgiving. If we could enter in however we wanted, there would be no need for a gate going to say this again. If we could enter in however we wanted, there would be no reason for a gate. Are you guys following me? So when we enter into his gates, what are we entering into? We're entering into safety. Why do houses have walls? 
to protect you from outside elements, right? Are you guys following me? Have you ever seen a gate without a wall? A fence or a barrier? So when we enter into his gates with thanksgiving, what are we entering into? A walled protection. Are you guys seeing this? You see, the gate becomes obsolete without the wall. Have you ever gone into a field and just seen a gate? And you walk up to it and you're like, you know, some of us are like the people that see the direction uh, arrows in the parking lot and be like, I'm going to drive the opposite direction. Some people are like, wait a second. We need to drive the directions of the arrows. And so some people might walk up to a gate and be like, oh, my word, there's a gate here. I need to walk through the gate. And some people are like, oh, just walk around. But the point is, the gate becomes obsolete without a wall. Is there a need, is there a need to walk through a gate if there's no barrier? The Hebrew word for thanksgiving is todah. This is a type of thanksgiving that deals not with the feeling of it, but rather the sacrifice of it. So enter his gates with thanksgiving. That word actually means offering a sacrifice of praise when you don't feel like it. None of us have ever been there before. It's all good, man. Let me ask you this. When you need to praise when you don't feel like it, what does that mean? It means you need protection. Are you guys following me? When you praise when you don't feel like it, it means you need protection. This word is used for thanking God for things not yet received. So if there's a situation at work that's happening... I'll say a negative situation. If there's a negative situation at work that is happening, what is this praise doing? God, I thank you that you're already working on my behalf in this situation. Even though I don't see it, I'm already thanking you for it. And can you see why that enters you into safety? You know, there's a conflict at home. And what happens we have a choice. Will we begin to thank God for the wisdom that he's already sent and the resolution that he's about to do? Even though it looks like hell is breaking out, I'm already thanking for him what he has yet to do because I know who he is and I know his word and I know his promises. It will be very hard to be thankful if you don't know his word. Come on. It also means to admit as real or true. It is our confession. We may not see the manifestation of the blessing, but we are already praising him for it. It means to speak the same as, meaning it looks like hell right now, but I'm saying, I'm speaking what it looks like in heaven. Come on. I speak the same thing as what the word of God is saying. Why are we entering his gates with thanksgiving when we don't feel like it? Like I said before, because we need protection. Psalms 50, 23. 
He who offers, offers a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving honors me. And to him who orders his way rightly, who follows the way that I show him, I shall show the salvation of God. Thank you, Father. Notice this. He who offers a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving honors me. And then what does the verse end with? I will show the salvation of God. Thank you, Father. The next structural element of a thankful heart is its windows. What is the purpose of a window? Well, I believe there's a couple reasons, but two of them are. One, it allows light in. The second is, it gives us the ability to see outside from a place of safety. If you've ever been in a place where you have been unthankful, it's a dark place. Right? If you've ever been in a place where you're always constantly seeing how things are going to fail, and you don't lift up that praise of thanksgiving, it becomes very dark. And I'm speaking from experience, and I'm sure all of us can relate to that. Been in a place where things aren't good enough. Hope is choked out. You see the worst in every situation. Complaining and comparison is on the front of your mind. Issues become exaggerated. Let's go back to the first point that I made. What is it doing? It's pushing out light. Are you guys seeing this? When we fill ourselves with those things, we actually push out light. And why is light necessary? Because it reveals the way. Psalms 27.1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? Notice from a position of light and safety, your confidence increases. Are you guys seeing this? When we are thankful, we allow his light to enter in. And we're doing it from a place of safety. It's kind of like if an, if an army was outside the, a fortress and you're up there, you seem pretty confident because your walls are high, you have defenses, you can see the battlefield. So can you see why having light and protection, it increases your confidence? Why? Because you're able to rightly discern your circumstances. So thanksgiving gives new light to your circumstances. When things are hopeless, be thankful. When things, when you're attacked on all sides, be thankful. When your vision is impaired, be thankful. When you're frustrated and can't seem to shake it, be thankful. Psalms 50, 23, he who offers a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving honors me. And to him who orders his way rightly, who follows the way that I show him, talking about the light of the Lord, I shall show the salvation of God. So can you see why it's so important to be thankful in all things? Because it actually reveals strategies and it enables salvation for you. The next structural element of a thankful heart is its roof. 
Psalms 127, 1 through 2. Unless the Lord builds a house, they labor in vain who built it. Unless the Lord guards a city, the watchmen keep awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise early and retire late to eat bread of anxious labors. Are you guys seeing this? It's vain for you to get up early, do all this stuff, and be fearful about it. For, we, for he gives blessing to his beloved even in its sleep. So when we are thankful, it actually puts a roof over our head. So what I believe that what this verse is saying is, if you think you can do this on your own strength and ability, you're just laboring vain. So put your attention on his ability, his grace, his unfailing mercy, and that is what will bring the blessing, even as you sleep. How many of you find it easy to fall asleep when you're thinking of all the things you didn't get done? How many of you find it easy sleeping when you're worrying about the day or what someone said? What is that? That is a recipe for restlessness. But what if we ended our night with thoughts of gratitude, rejoicing for what God has done and will do, and prayers that connect our hearts to his heartbeat for the situation? What if we ended our night like that? What does it say? It says, for he gives blessing to his beloved even in his sleep. Meaning God is working for you while you are lights out. (laughs) This is really the power of Thanksgiving. It will drive out the noise of the day and Thanksgiving forces your attention on him. So if the project is too big, if the journey is too long, if the task is too great, the weight too heavy, it's an alarm, it's a warning sign, it's a signal to put on some thanksgiving. To put on the garment of praise that breaks heaviness. When you are thankful, you can rest assured that God is working on your behalf even while you sleep. Psalm 16, 7. I will bless the Lord who... who guides me, and even at night, my heart instructs me. Come on. If you end your night with thanksgiving and praise, what's going to happen? The Lord's going to speak to your heart, bypass all your reasoning, and speak to your heart and give you instructions for what you need to do. You know what? Because when we hear it in the day, we argue with the Lord. We reason it out. But when we are thankful, he actually speaks to our heart even while we sleep. This should excite you guys. I don't know. So I'm receiving solutions. I'm receiving direction. I'm receiving wisdom and guidance and instruction while I sleep. Come on. The next structural element of a thankful heart is power. Let's go back to 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Oh, we forgot to read that earlier. Yeah. So there's a relationship between rejoicing always, prayer, and being thankful, and our connection to the Holy Spirit. 
Do you realize that your relationship with the Holy Spirit is cooperative? It's a co-laboring relationship. And quench, this is what quench means. It means to extinguish, or the connotation is to put out a fire. When did it say, do not quench the Spirit? Right before it said, rejoice always in all things without ceasing. Come on. When we don't give thanks in our situation, we hinder our connection to receive divine inspiration that we need. So it is counterproductive to be negative, fearful, worried, because all we're doing is stifling the inspiration that we need for our circumstance. Come on, guys. If we are thankful, it it encourages our connection with the Holy Spirit to receive divine inspiration. And the last one that I'm going to cover today is the the plumbing of a thankful heart. Now, this sermon, my sermon wouldn't be complete without this verse. Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. So rejoicing always, praying without ceasing, and everything give thanks is one of the best filtration systems you can have for your whole being. Meaning, if it doesn't match that criteria, you should not give it access to your life. Come on. Remember, there is only so much space that you have, so much mental bandwidth that you have, And so the more you fill yourself with hope, the more you fill yourself with thanksgiving, the more that you give praise in the midst of a difficult situation, it actually drives out the plumbing system. It drives out those things that are harming us, the waste of our life. If it doesn't meet those standards, it cannot have access. Proverbs 17, 22, a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. In the Passion Translation, it says, a joyful, cheerful heart brings healing to both body and soul, but the one whose heart is crushed struggles with sickness and depression. Can you see why Thanksgiving enters you into safety? So I'm going to end with this quick review. What is the level ground that makes this possible? Anybody remember? I know I was talking really fast and had a smoky voice today. A jazz voice today. It's, we are new creations in Christ. Christ, work on the cross for us. Making us new creations is the level ground. Then our foundation is to know that it's the will of God for you to do these things. And then being thankful enters us into safety, which is the walls. Being thankful allows his light to lead the way, which is the windows which allow light to come in. Being thankful imparts wisdom and instruction while we sleep. I love that one. That's my favorite one. I think of that one. Because like I said, it's just a pure download. Ever need to download a big file and you sit there and you watch it? (laughs) 
But I like to download big files when I go to bed. Because in the morning I wake up and say, it's done. Are you guys seeing this? So if God's downloading something within you, allow him to do it at night. And we do that by giving him thanks. Being thankful strengthens our connection to the Holy Spirit imparting divine inspiration. Actually, when we're not thankful, it quenches the Spirit. Being thankful protects our whole being by removing waste and filtering out incoming contaminants. But here's the beautiful thing. The more I do it, the more natural it becomes. I think this is a really important point because, like, when you hear this sermon and you're thinking, yeah, right, always in every situation, do you know what I'm going through? Yeah, it's probably pretty bad. Yeah. But it's his will for you. And if we continue to do it by faith, little by little, more, add some more, add some more, guess what? It's going to become natural for you to do it. And then you'll be in a conversation where someone's complaining, and then you start thanking God, and they're like, this became awkward. Come on. When you model something, when you model the kingdom, it will challenge those around you for sure. My challenge for you is over the next month, yes, homework, you're back in school. My challenge for you over the next month is to increase your Thanksgiving percentage in your thought life. Remember how I began with the, the screen time illustration? Look at, where you're, look at where your Thanksgiving is at. Is it at 2%? Is it at 40%? Look at it and just evaluate it and maybe just ask the Holy Spirit, what's my percentage at, Lord? And I believe he'll reveal it. And then from there, Lord, I'm going to increase this so that it will drive out every worry and out every fear. So I hope that this, mer- uh, this message encouraged you, and I hope it shed some light into your, your welcome, shed some light into your situation, pun intended. So, all right, Lord, I just thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you. I thank you for your goodness, God. Can we just take a moment and just thank the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That would mean moving your vocal cords and. <laughs> Lord, we thank you for all that you're doing. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in your body. Lord, I thank you for the situations that are difficult. Lord, you've already provided the solutions for it. Anything that seems too big, God, I run to you. I'm thankful that you are my fortress and my strong tower. One I could trust, Lord. I know that when I'm thankful, you release your light. Why should I be afraid? Why should I tremble? Because your light and your salvation, your fortress is protecting me. Do you see how it's done, guys? You, you begin, when you know the word, you speak it out. And it drives out those things within our thoughts. Lord, we just thank you. We give you praise and honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. So I encourage you, don't forget this sermon and practice it. All right. Could we have healing teams come out?